Hello and welcome to OU's Nach Yomi. You can find this year posted at ouradio.org/nach or on my website ericlevy.com under the recording section. Hi, this is Rabbi Eric Levy. I'm pleased to bring to you the book of Kohelet, chapter 11. I am indebted to Harav Yol Ben Nun, one of my Tanakh teachers, for my understanding of chapter 11 and the first half of chapter 12, which comprise a single unit. The key to unlocking this unit is that Kohelet is revisiting and, in fact, reversing what he said in chapter 1. And the reason for his reversal is, in fact, ironic. In chapter 1, Kohelet's point is that everything is known, exactly how the earth is made, how it's made from four very distinct essential elements, how each behaves ad infinitum in a circular manner, how everything that happens now has happened before, and everything that's happened before will happen again. This infinite, predictable cycle leads to human despair and a sense of futility. Here, in chapter 11 and part of 12, Kohelet says that we really don't know everything, and the elements of the world combine together in strange and unpredictable ways, and much of what happens in the world is not cyclical cyclical at all. It's quite linear. So if you don't know how things are going to work out, there's room for taking chances. There's room for creativity. There's room for hope. Kohelet begins by reviewing the four essential substances or elements of the world and turns them all upside down on their heads. Shalach lach mechal pnei Send out your bread, meaning your prosperities, the, your, the, your, the things that you own on the water, because with the many days, meaning there's plenty of time, so if you wait long enough, you will find it. Most commentators see this as a metaphor for opening one's hand to giving charity and the benefits that will come back from it. But within the context, especially as it connects to the next verse, I think the sense is take a chance with your, take a chance with your investments. Take a long-term approach because there are enough days as long as you wait it out, <clears throat> eventually you'll get back money or maybe even see a profit. Uh, back then, goods were shipped overseas, uh, and you had to wait nervously for your ship to come back in. Notice the oceans here bring back success, um, as opposed to the first chapter where the oceans are never filled because of the endless water cycle. Tain chelek Place part of it, i.e., uh, part of the bread, part of your goods that were listed in the first verse, into seven portions or even into eight portions because you don't know what misfortunes will happen on the earth. In modern times, we call this diversification. That is, put a bit of money into tech stocks, put a bit of money into real estate, perhaps buy some gold, uh, because it's true. Some investments are likely to go bad. Bad things happen on the earth. Uh, but you don't know which ones or when or where. So therefore, the chances are that some investments may go bad, but others will go quite well. So now we've covered the second element, which is aretz, the land. If the clouds filled with rain, they will empty themselves out on the land. Now in chapter 1, Koala correctly noticed noted that the oceans never fill up, that they are fed and fed endlessly. Here, Kohelet realizes that some of the water cycle is not so cyclical at all, at least, well, perhaps scientifically it is, but not to the uh, eye of the, the practical eye of the farmer. Clouds fill up and eventually bring rain to the ground where it can be used. And if a tree falls in the south, or in the north, 
and the place where it fell, that's where it will be. So, this is the opposite of the wind in chapter 1, which blew, if you remember, the wind blew from the north and blew through the south, back again, over and over again, circular, cyclical, endlessly. But some things in nature simply fall. In fact, they're probably pushed over by the wind, like these trees are. And then they stay where they are, so man can use them. The wind, essentially, is making useful things... Uh, by making them fall and stay where they are, which is much better than the cyclical, useless wind that we had before. Shomer ruach lo be'avim lo one who guards or watches over the wind never sows, and one who looks at the clouds never reaps. Now here's uh, the main focus on that third element, the wind. So while it's true that the wind is cyclical and it will whirl away and then come whirling back again, Kohelet argues that if you spend all your time worrying about that, if you spend all your time worrying that it will blow away your seeds as soon as you put them down into the ground, uh, or worse, if you spend all your time thinking about the rains which will ruin your harvest, then you'll never get anything done. So he's saying stop being such a fatalist and such a know-it-all and take some chances. Kasher That's the key. You cannot know things for sure, and that gives one's hope. Kasher And just like you can't know the patterns of the winds, of course that was before satellites and weather modeling, but you get the point. In the same way that you can't know how the fetus is doing in the full belly, in the womb. Of course, that was before sonograms, but again, you get the point. So too, you can't know the works of God who does everything or will do everything that is done. In chapter 1, the world was predictable. There were four identifiably distinct elements predictable in all of their behavior. And God wasn't mentioned at all in chapter 1 because if you know exactly how nature is going to work, then what do I really need God for? Even if you believe that God set up the set up nature, if it goes round and round and never changes, and the physical laws, you know, you could identify them and everything is always the same, so what do I need God? God is not really in the picture anymore. But in chapter 11, everything becomes obscured. Water mixes with winds, winds blow down trees. The world is not so simple and cyclical and predictable. The world is controlled by God, and you can't understand everything he does. Nobody knows exactly what will happen. There may be some ra'al aretz, and then there may be some good on the aretz, so therefore you've got to try out everything. That All of this gives one us hope that's, that, that, that since things are unpredictable, success is more than possible. So, Baboker zira et zarecha vela erev al tanach yadecha ki encha yodea eze yichshar hazeh ozeh v'im shenehem ke'echad tovim. Sow your seeds in the morning and in the evening don't rest your hand because you don't know which will succeed. Will this one or will the other one? Or maybe both will turn out well. The metaphor is clear. Sowing uh, your agricultural financial seeds during the day, and at night he's talking about your family and procreation. Um, and if you look at it, um, if you try one thing or the other, business as well as family building, somewhere you're going to succeed. Now, sure, there's a one in four chance, which he doesn't mention, that neither will be successful. But in this case, it could be one, the other, or both, and that means that the glass is 75% full. So Kohelet is now, at the very end of his book, a glass is mostly full kind of guy. And now Kohelet gets to the last element, the sun. 
and in it he reveals the metaphor of what the sun was all about. Now, of course, I've mentioned it before, but here is really the proof that the sun is a symbol for one's life on this earth. And the light is sweet, and it is beneficial for the eyes to see the sun. Because, because even should a man live many years, he should take pleasure in all that. But, at the same time, he should remember, he should keep in mind the days of darkness, because they will be many, and everything therein, everything therein, meaning those days of darkness, which is death, will be nothingness, will be insubstantial, because essentially physical life has departed. And this is a good time to make a very key point. Kohelet is not denying the afterlife. He's not saying that after one dies, everything disappears. In fact, this book probably talks more about the afterlife than almost any other book in the Bible. However, man's time to make himself, to define himself, to give him a good name, like we saw in chapter 7, to man's ability to do good and evil to earn credits and debits, that all happens in this life. In the next life, you reap the consequences. Things are either good or bad based on what you did here. But you can't do any more there. It's here that, that you define yourself. It's there that you uh, either benefit or uh, to your benefit or detriment. You experience, uh, you reap what you sow, what you sow, essentially. Semach b'chur b'yaldutecha v'yitivcha li'becha v'yimei b'churotecha be happy, O youthful one, in your youth, and glad in your heart during the days of your youth, and go where your heart, or perhaps where your mind, your lave, takes you, and where your eyes show you. Vida, but know this, for all these things, all these things that you do in your life, God will bring you to justice or will bring it for your justice. So when you exit, you have to pay the, you have to pay the pot. What, what, what Pirkei Avot, and, and I tell you, the rabbis love this book and they, 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 they use a lot of what's in Kohelet, uh, for, uh, for their philosophies. In Pirkei Avot, there's the idea of having to put money into the pot by the time you're all finished. So whatever your bill reads, you have fun in life and enjoy life and do what you think is right. But remember, keep in mind that uh, even more than the days that you have under the sun will be the days that you have in darkness, and you better make sure that you have uh, a good ba- account in your a good balance in your account. Vaser remove anger from your mind and get rid of bad things from your flesh, meaning sins and bad behavior. Because you think your youth will last forever. And doesn't everybody young always think they're immortal? When in fact, youth and the dawn of a person's life. And we have the word shachar for, for, for the dawn or the sunrise. And that's a metaphor for the sunrise of one's life. All of that is havel. All of that is fleeting. It's like vapor that essentially, eventually dissipates and leaves no trace. While Kohelet can subvert and has subverted everything he said in chapter 1 pretty much by turning the elements on their head and saying There's, there is hope and nothing is for sure and therefore you should try your best, etc., etc. One thing he can't deny uh, which of what he said in chapter 1 and that is the end 
always comes death. In the end, well, for most of us, we are forgotten. So Kohelet, who now asserts that God is part of the process, suggests caution in our behavior in the days of our youth, which really means all the days of our lives. The chapter really doesn't end here. It'll continue on, uh, or the, the section doesn't end at the end of this chapter. It'll continue on. So we'll see more of this in chapter 12.